Hey, what's up, guys? Just wanted to give you a quick heads up and let you know that this episode did run a bit long, so we broke it into two parts. Hope you enjoy the first half. Welcome back, friends, to episode number seven, still on the Camino de Santiago, day 24. We are in Lyon, and we'll be heading to Villar de Mazarif. Um, at this point, we've walked uh, 467, almost 468 kilometers or 291 miles. What? Nothing. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> what was? He said 467.7, almost 467.8. <laughs> it's like a point one of a kilometer. <laughs> no, I said 467, almost 468. I know. It says four. Oh. Oh my God. I'm just misreading it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I'm legit. What's going on? Sorry, that was my bad. Anyway. (laughs) Oh my god, starting it off right. Yeah. Oh, we're ready to go. Mm -hmm. Hi guys, welcome to the Beans Talk Podcast, where we talk about everything travel. Sharing first-hand travel advice and getting to the bottom of real-life experiences in the hopes to inspire you to get out there yourself. The um, the remaining kilometers left is 321 or uh, 200 miles to Santiago. Yep, yep. Um, but as far as day 24, this stage to Villar de Mazarif is uh, 21.8 kilometers or uh, 13 and a half miles. Yeah, so we were walking out of Leon and we had some breakfast at a small little cafe and... At this point, we it became kind of a regular occurrence that we would stop into like a cute, quaint little cafe and get our cafe con leches, which is basically just coffee with milk and some sort of pastry or maybe some juice. And their coffee is insanely good. So I just had to mention that this was one of my favorite things about walking the Camino is the morning cup of joe. Yeah, it's a good ritual to have in the morning. For sure. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Keep I'm going. Like, what? Um, at <laughs> on the way out of town, we had stopped by a store. Because I had already ditched my last pair of insoles, I wanted to get a pair that worked. Because the last pair were butchered and was not... (laughs) They were ruined. More problematic than not even having any at all. Seriously. So, yeah, I found a new pair of insoles, which worked awesome in my shoes, and I was stoked that I had a little extra cushion. Yeah, so um, we left that morning, and um, we ran into David on our way out. The, our British friend, and I guess Jim and Amber were still getting ready, so we didn't see them. But we saw him on the way out of Leon, which actually took quite a bit. It was actually uh, almost two and a half kilometers just to get out of the town. So it did take a little while. But uh, yeah, we just saw him on our way out. I don't know if he was just catching the sunrise or what, but we just kind of stopped and said a quick hello and took a couple photos and kept going on our way. Yeah, and I know that um, on the way out of this town, we had met a guy who ran a little stall and it had basically anything that you needed coffee juice uh food bananas fruits and all that shit and it was all 
donation. So that was pretty cool. Um, But we did run into Steph and Connie again. We also met a couple from the States who were just recently engaged. And the terrain started changing up. So it was very uh, wide open spaces, pretty arid, pretty dry. Um, The soil was red and sandy, and it was really pretty. It had its own kind of like deserty kind of southwest kind of vibe. It was cool. Yeah, and uh, then by the end of the hike, uh, we also had a routine as well, which was usually um, a selection of drinks. It was either cold beers or uh, Tinto de Veranos, which was really popular that we had found. They were just refreshing and good, which is basically wine mixed with uh, like a sparkling lemon sort of drink. It's like a, it's served with lemon or a lemon sparkling water yeah. or club soda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is amazing. One so, of my favorite things. Yeah, so we uh, we had that quite a bit. And then uh, after we had arrived at Villard and Mazarif, uh, Jacoby and Monica had booked us a room, which was their purple party room. Well, basically, we called it the purple party room because it was... Well, yeah, we called it yeah. that. It wasn't <laughs> what they did. They're like, it. welcome to our purple party room. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, it was a room that just had two bunk beds, so four beds. So it was just the four of us. Uh, yeah, it was cozy. With and I and then Jacoby and Monica. So yeah, we had got there and we started with, you know, the drinks as usual. Although I was kind of putting them down and I had a bit too much to drink before eating any more food. And uh, so I kind of, I just popped out front and wanted to separate from the the drinking crowd. And uh, so I just started journaling and kind of sobering up with some water and just some time to myself for the moment. And I had showered and I basically didn't hear a word from Carl before he snuck out. And I went looking and couldn't find him anywhere. And it was the smallest town you could think of. There were like no stores, maybe one store. It was a store. There was a store. And then our albergue, maybe two other albergues. And then the rest were just like houses and that was it and so i like went walking around this town going where the fuck did he go and i was just up front on this little knoll but i guess they just overlooked me yeah so i i don't know how i missed it but he was like right near the little church there that had the you know church bells at the top but yeah so we just went to dinner and it was at this place called uh, albergue de Jesus, I think. And so it's Jesus's albergue. And we enjoyed a really nice dinner and we had met, uh, a mother son pair and they were from Montana. It was Lori, Lorian. It's, <laughs> let me just mush their names together. No, it was Laura and Julian. And I think he was like 14, so pretty young. Yeah, that about right. But yeah, it was, they were just adorable and totally themselves. Julian and I, I think, kind of bonded because we were both um, into theater and performing arts and that stuff. So it was pretty cool. I think I had left you a note because I didn't yeah. know where the hell you were. So I figured mm-hmm. you would probably come back to your um, bunk other. Otherwise, At some point. Yeah, otherwise you had been abducted or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, so once we had gotten back to the albergue, we found out where he was. Yukobi and I were sitting out on their patio area, and we were told, I don't know how we found this out, but we found out that they make their own cider there. So they had this homemade cider, and 
they were only three euro for a pretty big bottle of it. And so we're like, yeah, of course we'll have some cider. And they had this um, well, like this old water well that they, it went into their cellars and they would crank the little handle on the well and it would bring up this cider in a bucket. It was like magic. Like Snow White sort of well. It was totally cool. Yeah. And the cider was really good. And they, they, uh, I think the Basque ciders, they pour it from super high up. So this guy would hold it like a foot above his head and then the glass as far down as he could and try to pour it into the glass that way. I remember I filmed it, but the one one time he did it, like hardly any of it made it into the glass and the other time was a little bit better. Yeah, but, what's the concept? Is it like oxygenate the Yeah, it like aerates it and yeah. makes it taste better. But it was kind of just a cool experience. Yeah. Um, I had ended up getting super sick that night, though. Uh, I had this super bad headache that was one of the worst headaches I've ever had. And I started, I was throwing up even, though. Um, yeah. It just felt like I was probably dehydrated. Um, the booze didn't help. The booze didn't help. I think it was wearing off, so I was almost in hangover stage. I just felt terrible. I didn't feel good at all. I was kind of over it. I almost had this moment where uh, I was just over everything. I was feeling homesick, and I just wanted to be back. Not like I wanted to be done traveling, but it was almost like just just for the day could I just be at home. But um, it quickly subsided. Just a moment of this all really sucks at the moment. That's... Sorry, I've just noticed that was kind of, that's funny that you had the moment of, I just want to be home. And for me, when we were in the room and we were all kind of like going through bags and stuff and we had our own little routine, I almost felt like I was home in a sense, not really, but because we were like this little Camino crew, Mm -hmm. that was like the first like real comfortable feeling that I had had since we left on our trip. Yeah. I just felt like, oh, this is cool. (laughs) I think it was more so that I just felt like shit, my headache was there. And then also there was this this church that was right outside and the church bells would oh my God. bellow and just and all through the night i don't know if it was every hour but it was definitely frequent was enough to be super bothersome yeah and uh we found out how deep a sleeper yakobi was because you didn't wake up once no not at all and we're like what the fuck we woke up every single time the bells went off. it was so loud it was so loud and yeah. i mean we had the window open because it was hot and mm-hmm. AC isn't a thing there, so... Yeah, and our window, window faced... Our window. Our window. <laughs> when the window was open. Our window faced that church, though. Yeah. That's why it was And so it was bad. close by. Yeah. But yeah, so that was um, Mazarif. So the next day was uh, day 25, which was from Mazarif to another town called Hospital de Orbigo. Yeah. Which is a 13.9 kilometer stage, or 8.6 miles, so... Bit of a shorter day, it which was, was good because I was feeling like shit. Yeah, really short. I think we had winded through some little villages, and I remember right at the exit of one of the villages, and it was kind of, it just felt like a little seedy nook, and I wasn't around anybody, 
and you were a ways ahead. And then I couldn't even tell if anybody was behind me, but I heard what sounded like a gunshot. It was either that or like a car backfiring, Mm. but it was creepy. And I freaked out and I was like trying to run to catch up with you. But yeah, I I was just like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, well, it was it's I think you were by the train tracks. You said yeah, too. Yeah, so I, I think crossed just over the train tracks. The surroundings you're in, as well as well as being by yourself, and didn't help with how that felt. Totally. But yeah, it was a short day. Um, yeah, it was a really hot day too. It was really uh, rural. Rural. I hate that fucking word. I fucking word. hate that word too, and I feel like I use it so much in this. Like I have to overcompensate <laughs> to say it correctly and audibly to. Make it clear. There's, I think on on 30 Rock, they make fun of it. And they say that there's a movie called The Rural Juror. Oh, my God. (laughs) And then they don't know how, like, and nobody knows what they're saying. They're like, but they say, Rural Juror. And every time I say rural, I keep thinking of Rural Juror. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Stupid word. Stupid word. But yeah, it was hot. Um, We ended up stopping for a quick bite somewhere. And um, we had noticed at this point that Monica was super speedy. She was fast as fuck. Um, She just kind of like gets in this pace and moves. I guess she was, she's taller too. So I think she's got long legs. Yeah, her stride is bigger than most people's. But I think at certain points though, you find your stride. Because I remember I became fast as fuck at one point too. And I was like, I have the tiniest legs i shouldn't be this fast it's almost like you learn to walk again you do but if you're doing it this often you know walking this much this day it's kind of like you're retraining to really walk again it's true and that i mean that's where like your focus is you know a lot of the day you're like how can i make this easier for myself and i realized that the the longer my stride is and the quicker that i walk the easier it is on my hips and my joints so i was just like in a groove it was awesome but i yeah. think monica had found that already because she was just like Pow! No, she <laughs> yeah every nice. time you clap it's a loud thing too so? all right <laughs> just putting that out i there. get it but um but um but um but um so we had uh given her this nickname of since her name was monica and reminded us of speedy gonzalez we Dubbed her Speedy Gonzalez, yeah, which was very appropriate, and it stuck. Totally. Oh, <laughs> that's all you, uh, girl. Get my, your topic. My eyes were staring, and my brain was stopped. So yeah, we checked into the same albergue that Monica and Yakobi booked, and we got some food for dinner. We cooked some pasta with some veggies. It was a lot of food, but it was pretty delicious. And um, I think you had sent Monica out to the store to get some salt, or maybe I sent her. I don't know, but she had gone out to look for some salt for the dinner we were making, and that was when we had kind of noticed when she came back, she said she met a pretty rude store attendant. Yeah. And for some reason... They don't like when you ask for salt in Spain. Well, it's weird. And we had noticed this, too, as well as other people, that if you get uh, or ask for salt with your dinner, they ask. Because in Spanish, it's just sal. Sal. And if you ask for salt, they question. I mean, there's no hiding the. Disgust. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's almost like they're just confused by your question, and then also almost like, offended. Yeah, like borderline Were offended. Were they like salt? Like, yes, yeah, some fucking salt with dinner, please. Do you just why is there like this shortage of salt with you guys? Why is everyone That's so weird? So off put by this, you know, outlandish request. Yeah, but Monica came, came back and she said that once she I think she experienced it too then. Yeah, she requested it at the store and the woman was like, Suh? and just looked at her in utter disgust. It was yeah. pretty funny. So I mean butter was another thing too. Oh yeah, no butter. Which is funny because Bread is everywhere, and we would make jokes about it at meals being when they would bring the bread, and you're like, oh, good, they have bread. <laughs> I haven't like had bread. I mean, it's been like two hours since yeah. I've had bread. I'm oh, glad they good. brought more. I'm glad I have another baguette. Another right dry me. fucking loaf of bread with no butter. No That's butter. Lovely. Yeah, and I, I literally felt like I was sweating the scent of bread. Yeah, like I would smell like we were lo- walking loaves of bread. <laughs> we were walking bread. It was crazy, but yeah. Um, later after dinner, we had attended a pilgrim's prayer, which was pretty cool. I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual, so I'm not opposed to connecting with people on a deeper level and. We had gotten into this big room where they had several people or couples or whoever was walking and wanted to kind of pray together or um, just get to know one another there. And I remember Santiago was in there. And because there were French people, there were Spanish people, there were English people, there, you know, just all over, he was a translator for everybody. (laughs) So literally when people were telling their stories, either in French or Spanish or English, he would be repeating the exact same story right after someone was talking um, to translate to everybody, which I thought was pretty awesome. Santiago's a little badass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, however, didn't attend this. After dinner, I went to lay down to kind of rest and, you know, hopefully take a nap or something because I was getting another headache that was coming on like I had the night before. And I was just like, shit, not again. That was super painful. So I had popped some Motrin and drank a bunch of water, and I went to lay down. So that's yeah, that's kind of what I did. Still affected by the night yeah, before. Yeah, I was not into dealing with that again, so I was trying to rest up. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I don't think we mentioned when walking into this town was that it had, like, the longest, badass, like, medieval-style stone bridge that just went across the entire way into this small little town and to the left side they had like jousting like a jousting pit area where they have uh, medieval festivals and jousting wars and stuff it was pretty cool yeah but yeah um, huge bridge i think yeah. it was the longest in the whole community i think so yeah, yeah. mm-hmm um, but yeah, that night we both slept pretty shitty. Yeah. Yeah. So our room, um, where we stayed this time was a bit more rustic. Uh, it was a bit dirty and covered in cobwebs. It wasn't the cleanest. Basically smelled like a big pile of dust. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there were, yeah, there were cobwebs like everywhere. There yeah. were lights and you could kind of see it would just kind of showcased where all the cobwebs were yeah i was uh i I was i still am and have always been since i saw arachnophobia when i was like 10 very big arachnophobe 
So spiders creep the fuck out of me. And sleeping in a room where there's just cobwebs scattered over the ceiling was not cool. So um, I was laying on my bunk on my belly and I had, you know, my sleeping bag laid out and I was just laying on my pillow and I see the look on Carl's face. Because we're both on the top bunk, but on separate bunks. So we're staring across at each other and on the corner (laughs) of the bunk where the post is coming up, I just, I didn't want, I didn't know how to address the situation without freaking her out, well, but you know there was no way that this was going to happen. So I just like, <laughs> pointed. You did not hide it at all. You were like, oh my God. And uh, so she looked up and at the top of this square wooden post that was the corner of her bed. It was a fatty, Long, it was a tarantula. Lanky. It was like a tarantula. Not really, but Not it was seriously really, it was like huge. the size of a silver dollar or bigger. I don't know. It was fucking big. And where it came from, I don't know, but it was just on the top of this post and it was just like kicking its legs out. It feeling had them. its legs like in the air. It's like, <sighs> like saying hi to me, like, hello. Yeah. And it was literally about less than 10 inches from my face. I would say I freaked out. I probably did the fastest like push off my bed that I have ever done and just like scooted my entire body to the back of the top of this bunk. I'm glad I didn't fall off of it. But literally, I was just like petrified. And so I told Carl, please just kill the spider so I don't have to think about it eating me in the night. So as yeah, so I had to squish it. You had to squish it. You could have taken it out, but I didn't want to. I know, right? Carry that thing anywhere. So yeah, for for us, it felt safer to squish it. Usually, I'm like, just throw it outside. Yeah, and, just throw it outside. But this, I was like, no, I am so scared of that thing biting me. Yeah. So um, that night, I basically curled up in my sleeping bag, and it's a mummy bag. So I cinched the little mummy thing all around my head so that only my face was out. And it was hot, and I sweated a lot. And I hardly slept that night because I was so fucking scared of that spider. I didn't sleep. Yeah, neither of us sleep well. No. Sleep well. Slept well. Never sleep well. We don't sleep well. We don't talk good. We talk real good. So, yeah, I was uh, right above my bunk, too, was a light, and I could see all these cobwebs, and there was this daddy long legs, and it was just Ugh. going down and up in his little. I don't know, it's like he was taunting me. With, <laughs> He's like, like, see, I'm going to land on your face. See, no, I'm not. I can I'm go. go. Oh, no, wait, I'll go back up. I'll go back down on your face. No, I'm just kidding. I'll go back. <laughs> but we had a bunk mate, too, and it was kind of like what we dubbed as Window Wars. Yeah. Because it was a hot night and it was stuffy. So I went out to the bathroom. We had my bunk was intentionally by the window. So we had both windows open. So when I came back from the bathroom, um, I'm pretty sure it was my bunk mate, but it closed both the windows. And this guy was just laying on his bed with a, like a wife beater and underwear or like sleeping shorts. With this pile of blankets next to him, there was a mountain of blankets, and I was like, if you're chilly, grab a blanket. Everyone else in here is, you know. Hot as shit. Yeah, so I was like, 
sorry, guy, I'm opening these windows again. So I opened both the windows again and, you know, left there. Because just to have a breeze makes the difference in the world. It does. It makes all the difference in the world. And I think after this, we made sure no matter who was sleeping in the room with each other, because Monica and Jacoby were in a different one. But this time it was just us. And you have to make sure that one of you is near a window so you can keep that window open. So someone is the regulator of fresh air. And I don't know how the fuck people sleep with closed doors. It's it's got to be Spanish people who are used to the weather and they don't. Yeah, they don't care and they want to close it or they get chilly. We're not used to that hot no. weather, so. If you're cold, grab a fucking blanket. <laughs> or that, yes. Um, so, yeah, so the next day, this would be day 26. Um, this was from Hospital to Santa Catalina de Somoza. And this stage was 26.7 kilometers or 16.6 miles. Yeah, and since we both slept really crummy, we woke up late and we were trying to rush to meet up with Monica and Yacobi, um to walk out with them. And luckily, we were able to get breakfast and then head out on our way with them. Uh, we walked through a pretty cool forest and it's a kind of a gradual incline up to, um, I wouldn't really call it a peak, but it's kind of the top of this hill. And there's this guy named David, or we kind of deemed him the David, because you hear a lot about this guy. And he's got a fruit juice stand that has, again, kind of like the guy before, everything that you could want, like all organic, really nice food. Um, just a sweetheart kind of guy, and I think Jacoby fell in love with him because <laughs> yeah. he almost had that kind of dreamy Jesus kind of vibe to him going. Just but really chill, just super down chill. to earth guy, yeah. super friendly. We grabbed like a banana, I think, and a hard boiled egg, and just sat for a minute, chatted yeah. with him, and then headed out. Yeah, everything was donation too, so he was just really into you know give whatever you want. Yeah, just help the pilgrims and stuff. So. Really nice guy. Yeah, that was cool. Um, on the way into, uh, there was kind of a little descent into the next town, and we saw this older man playing guitar off to the side of the, the road. and Just on a bench. Yeah, just on a little bench, and he just kind of like piped up and started playing this really like kind of sweet tune about Santiago. and Astorga. Was it a store guy? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. It might have been both. I mean, yeah, it's well, in Spanish, but yeah, I remember was, him saying a store guy a lot. It was a Camino song, it felt yeah. like. And he, I didn't have any euro to give him at that moment, but he asked for U.S. dollar. And so I just happened to have three U.S. dollars, and I gave that to him, and he was stoked. So, yeah, we made our way into the town, which was a store guy, and we had stopped there for lunch. Uh, we sat at this big square outside. Um, that had a big umbrellas that were shady because it was getting hot already. It was an awesome, like, huge open square, and there were several cafes that were out there that had all, like, outdoor seating. It was yeah. really cool. Yeah, it was almost like a, yeah, like you said, a big square. So there was yeah. a bunch of people around. It was pretty inviting. So, yeah, we were just outside. We took our shoes and socks off and had some lunch. Some people had beers, but I passed as I was not wanting to, uh, to get another headache again. I was trying to stay hydrated as best I could. So I stuck with um, orange juice, water, and I ended up accidentally getting a cafe con leche uh, because the waiter 
just like rattled something off in Spanish so fast and it was like a lot of words that I was just like, uh, see, I don't know what I just ordered. <laughs> so I got a coffee versus another orange juice, but yeah, their coffee's delicious. it was, yeah, it was good, but I was more focused on trying to stay hydrated. But this is where I had met Laura and Julian for the first time because of... You separated from the crew. Yeah. We lost you. Because they had gone to dinner the previous night or whatever, and yeah. where they had met Laura and Julian, but I ended up not going to dinner with them because I was apparently in my own little world that was not visible. And I don't know if we deemed you your nickname yet, but I think I might have because... Which was what? Waldo. Waldo. You run off and I can't find you. So it was always like, where's Waldo? Or where's Carl? Where's Carl? And so I just started calling you Waldo. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Sorry. Side note. Yeah. After lunch, uh, we ended up wanting to carry on. And uh, Monica stayed. uh, I think she had wanted to go to the cathedral or something. It was the Gaudi building. Was that what? Yeah. Yeah. There's a a little Gaudi building in the middle of that town that looks like a little Disney castle. Yeah. It was Like a little mini Disney castle. (laughs) So, yeah, we... she was going to meet us later at the albergue. She was just going to take a cab to meet us versus walking the rest of the way. Yeah, because this, she was having issues. I guess she's got some past She's condition. susceptible to heat stroke. Yeah, she's really susceptible to heat stroke. And it was a hot day. Yeah. So she didn't, and it was a long stretch, not very much uh, coverage. So it's for shade. Yeah, so she was going to just cab it to the next town where we were going to stay. Yeah, and then uh, Julian and Laura also stayed longer. Um, I think they wanted to kind of check out the town a bit too. Yeah. Yeah, but had also planned on meeting us at the same albergue, but yeah, but because it was hot already, and we were planning on walking, we wanted to kind of get going. Yeah, so we just kind of um, stayed for a little bit, but um, this town was actually just after it was where a woman had gone missing. A few months before we left on our trip, we had heard about a woman who had gone missing on the Camino. She was from the U.S., and she, yeah, just went missing. And so we saw posters of her all all along the Camino. I guess her brother from the States had gone out looking for her and gone and put up these posters. And just, I think the sad thing was is that a lot of people were kind of telling him, no, she probably just took off and didn't want to talk. And he's like, no, my sister wouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. And so I was hyper aware of that happening. And that was why Carl, Jacoby, and I all walked out of this town together. So yeah, that we so to kind of grab a buddy yeah. while you're walking through this area. Because she was still missing at she the time. She was still missing. So there was no Which word. Which had been months at this point. And nothing. Yeah. So we wanted to play it safe and and walk out of this town together. I just tried keeping my eyes peeled for seeing anybody who looked like her or, you know, just like looking off the path or into bushes or around bridges, you know, just like anywhere. I just kind of kept my eyes peeled and stayed on alert and I, it, it made me feel really sad you know that somebody was going through this like her family and then you know just for her too it's yeah it was a sad circumstance yeah and then uh, after we had gone or we're just getting through the end of town uh me and Jacoby noticed that there was this car parked in a, a driveway and it had the trunk open 
and there were some guys over there, and it, the car was making these weird flute, almost like car alarm sounds. It just sounded weird. And in the back, these guys are sharpening this huge, like, Crocodile Dundee Bowie knife. Right. And we, its huge blade was just shimmering, and uh, I don't think Witt saw it, but I, Kobe saw it too, and we were just yeah. like, "What the fuck? Let's keep going." Yeah, I saw. The, it just looked creepy. I, I saw the car out of the corner of my eye, but I didn't see the knife, and I heard the sound, which I was like, "That's weird." Keep walking, and I think I was just maybe on high alert and kind of like, "This is a crazy part of the trail. Someone went missing." So I was just like cracking on. So, but we did get to the next. Uh, to the end of the stage today, and this is where we had met a brother's sister from the States as well. That was Tim and Tara. Yeah. Um, super friendly, nice people. We had heard a lot about them from Yakobi. Yuko- yeah. She was telling us that she really wanted them to meet us and us mm-hmm. to meet them. So that was pretty cool. But So I think they had actually booked us a room at the place because they, the, uh, they were there already at the Albergue, and yeah, they had booked right. us the room. Yeah. Yeah, for us to all meet up and have an evening together. Yeah, but their story was pretty incredible. Uh, Tim, the first day, I think, out of uh, St. John, he on on the descent into Rancavayas, he his knees blew out. And so he was really struggling. And I guess he went to the hospital or a doctor, and they told him, don't walk. Yeah, you can't continue. And he was just telling us that he just wanted to, like, flip the doctor the bird. But he, like, kept, he was just like, I'm just going to fucking keep going. And we're like, damn, dude. And so he just got crutches, and he had been walking on crutches for the entire way. And we just bandaged his knees every day. Yeah. And so it was just to fathom what you had gone through on the Camino, and that it's a struggle and we're physically able, we're capable, but it was hard for us. And to think that someone's doing this with blown out knees on crutches, that was insane. Determination as but, well as, I'm sure, a, yeah. a good level of stubbornness. But then also, I would say the equally ad- admiring part was that of his sisters, Tara, um, she stuck by him the entire time, which is equally, I think, incredible because what I come, you know, what I came to learn while walking the Camino was that you keep your own pace. You don't speed up to go with anybody that you want to stay with. You don't slow down to stick with anybody. It's like you have to walk your own pace or otherwise you're going to just wear your body out. Kind of like what we were talking about with finding your stride. But she stayed by him, and his pace obviously isn't going to be fast on crutches. So I, f- I thought that was like equally as impressive because mm-hmm. that's tough. Yeah, so we had uh, gone out to dinner that night. Um, so it was Jacoby, Monica, and then Julian and Laura had met up too. Tim and Tara, of course. And then uh, Santiago had met us as well, and we had dinner, which was basically at the albergue. They had, like, a separate little restaurant area Mm -hmm. where we had some wine and continued hanging with everyone. And I think after dinner, we got another bottle of wine, and we ended up splitting that with Jacoby out on the patio. And Mm -hmm. 
we had some long, like long, deep and meaningful conversations or we called them DMCs. Yeah. And yeah, we just got to know her a bit better, which was just super cool. Yeah. So <laughs> while we're with yeah. Tim and Tara hanging out. Yeah. There was this weird little pilgrim statue thing that they had out in front of the albergue. And he had one arm that was kind of like in front of his chest, I think, with like a walking stick. And then another arm was outstretched, outstretched, pointing into the albergue, almost like welcoming pilgrims in. And it's this old little guy with a long beard and like a weird little wrinkled face. And so we were all kind of posing with this. To take photos. <laughs> statue. Together. I have this weird thing where I really like posing with statues and trying to mimic them. So I started doing that, but then everybody started posing with it. And Tim... Yeah, Tim was like, will you grab my crutch? And Jacoby thought he said, will you grab my crutch? And he was like, no, well, I mean, you can grab my crutch, but will you get my crutch too? Yeah, so then he took his... (laughs) He took the outstretched arm that was leading people in and put it by his crotch so it was hilarious and like the look on his face and we were just basically laughing for fucking Uh, like 10 minutes straight it felt like it was hilarious it was so good but yeah tim is just a ham man he is like a he's a good storyteller he's a great storyteller and just a crazy funny guy and personable so Yeah. yeah but yeah that was our night in santa catalina yeah So the next day would be day 27, and it was from Santa Catalina to Fonsebadon. This is a little bit of an incline. The amount of uh, miles we walked that day was 10.6, and that would be about 17 kilometers. But yeah, this on the walk out of this town, Monica gave us presents, and she had bought us kazoos. As a surprise. As a surprise. And so we all put in the kazoos and started marching on. And we uh, were doing little songs here and there. One of them was ants go marching in, which we thought was pretty funny. But yeah, we, we basically walked all together for a little while until we got to this one point where there was a little watering hole And Monica and I kind of dipped our bandanas and we're just kind of drenching ourselves with water. And Carl and Jacoby were kind of keeping on. And so they kind of separated ahead. Yeah, they stayed pace. So I was hiking alone for a little bit because Monica stayed behind to talk to somebody she knew. And I was slightly worried about her because I would stop for a little bit and then she still wouldn't catch up. And so I was kind of concerned about her getting heat stroke as well. Yeah, she didn't seem concerned about it. It's almost like you seem more concerned about her getting it than she was. I think I I was. I don't know. I just, uh, I, you know, worry about people sometimes. And so I had definitely slowed my pace down, but she never ended up catching up to me. I think she was just kind of taking her time that day, which was cool. But um, that definitely taught me that don't worry so much. Just worry about yourself getting there and... Because it was a hot day, and there were long stretches where I didn't have any shade and was just, like, waiting there for her. So I'm, I learned my lesson. Yeah, but there was, a, there was a lot of uphill. It was super pretty, though. Uh, there was a lot of yellow and purple flowers. It was really green, almost like grassy meadows. It was gorgeous. Um, but there were a lot of loose rock 
slabs like slate rock. And we knew that Tim and Tara, they were in the habit of leaving really early just because their pace was slow and because mm-hmm. it was getting hot, that they left really early just to, um, you know, so they weren't getting to the end of the stage, you know, at six or eight at night, you know. So, um, but we were concerned because of how the stage was with all this loose rock. And we still hadn't caught up to them. And we were like, I wonder if they're okay. Did they end up having to pull off? Or Yeah. Yeah, we ended up catching up to them, and they were still going. And they had actually made quite a good headway. They had made a good distance already. and They were getting into the town right when I was getting into the town. So that's Yeah, so cool. me and Jacoby walked with them for a little bit, but then had to keep continuing on. Yeah, just really pretty day. There were a bunch of cows with uh, water, like these cement permanent water troughs. Almost like a mini Swiss Alps sort of feel to it. Yeah, it did. But yeah, me and Jacoby made our way to the end of the stage to Fonsabadon together, which was basically, it had the look of like an old ski town resort sort of village. Yeah, it was kind of like a rundown ski resort kind of feel. Yeah, it was right on the top of this mountain. And so me and Jacoby popped into this albergue and had reserved some beds at this place. Although she was like, well, let me go see if there's anything else better we can find because we were, there's always options and you always want, you know, the best looking place you can get. So she scouted out for another one and the guy was really insistent that we stay there. I'm assuming just, you know, to, for financial purposes to make sure he's filling up his albergue every night. Uh, but she ended up finding a better one. So we were just like, sorry, dude, we're going to, we're going to stay at this other one up the hill so, um, yeah, we ended up booking and reserving beds for everyone at this other place. Yeah, and I think we were all pretty glad that they did that because this was a pretty nice, and I think it was new, like newly renovated. Yeah, it was a lot more open. It was open and clean, and it was a rather large room, but they had little kind of squared off pairs of four bunks to a little cubicle. And uh, so we all, you know, got ready, showered and all that, but... The funny thing about these showers were that their sensors to their lights were on the ceilings, but the ceilings were super high. And so not only was it almost impossible to wave your arms to get the sensor to go back on, these lights went down. They were like ultra savers because they would go down like every 10 seconds maybe Yeah, the light would only be on for literally 10 seconds it's maybe. crazy maybe. and so in the girls bathroom <laughs> i think someone had grabbed a mop so that they could take it and push it up towards the ceiling to get this the light to go back on it was pretty ridiculous yeah and so because of the uh, previous night's spider incident i just kind of let my leg hair go i don't really care too much about shaving routinely and so my hair was pretty long and that entire day because i was traumatized by spiders i kept thinking that there were spiders crawling on my legs And it freaked me out. So I decided to shave my legs this day. And it was in one of the worst showers that I could do it because it was all dark and the sensor issue. But there was uh, luckily a gal who was in charge of mop duty or sensor duty. And she was helping me out with the light. But I had one razor die on me after one leg because my hair was so long. And she luckily also had another razor to give me. So... 
that was pretty awesome. And I was able to get the job done. I didn't know who she was. I asked her name. It was Michelle. But I hadn't seen her face because she had already popped in the shower when I got out. And so um, I found her later and gave her a big hug and a thank you for helping me out. Another thing that I was kind of dealing with at the time was, I think it was several stages ago, I had left my towel on the post or the side of a bed that I slept on. I think it was when we were staying with Gemma in that weird tribe bed. And so the color of my towel was almost identical to the color of the cover on the bed. It blended right in. It blended right in. So I just didn't even look and left my towel there. Luckily, Gemma had had a hand towel that she wasn't using. And she's like, oh, yeah, you can totally use this until you get another towel. And literally, because we were passing through these, like, small towns, there weren't many opportunities to get a towel towel. At least for, like, a lightweight travel one without having this big, bulky, heavy towel. Exactly, because we're kind of pressed for space. So I was like, yeah, that'll work. I ended up using this hand towel as my regular towel for the entire Camino. I I think for a while, even after that. But everybody kind of got a kick out of it because... That was a little weird. Yeah. There was a little shop that we had stopped to, and it had one of my favorite stamps that we got in our Pilgrim Passport. It was like this little gremlin guy, and that was pretty cool. But yeah, Jacoby was having a bunch of issues with bed bugs this day. And From the last place we were just at. Yeah, and so she had requested to get all of her clothes washed in the machine. Including her backpack, her yeah. sleeping bag. And I think the... The hospital arrow was kind of on to her. She was like, what for? <laughs> I think she, I mean, she was spoke Spanish. She didn't speak English, but she was kind of like, por qué? Or, you know, why? Yukobi's like, and I think she had said something like bed bugs. And Yukobi's like, no, no, not a, not bed bugs at all. <laughs> like, because she didn't want to get like, everything out. stinks. I just wanted to wash it all. Yeah. Something like that. But. but yeah, so we were told that to try to get them out of your backpack, you take a garbage bag and you um, cinch it tight. You and seal it off and you throw seal it in it the off. sun. Yeah, you put it in the sun for a couple hours. So she ended up doing that, and I think she fixed her problem. So yeah. that was uh, just a luxury that you got to deal with on the Camino. Yeah, you can get bed bugs. <laughs> yeah, They're almost sure. like uh, bed lice in yeah. a way. It just kind of spreads easy. Yeah, and you can't get rid of them, I guess, until you do that. But yeah. Well, yeah, so we went out to dinner that night to a medieval restaurant. It was awesome. It was yeah, super it, was, um, cool. it almost felt like the Prancing Pony from Lord of the Rings. It just yeah. felt very medieval. It's all stone and kind of like you, you were going to get beer out of like a ram horn or something. <laughs> you walk down these steps into this, you know, like all stoned little with like a room table that's made out of like you know small trees. Yeah, and, yeah was, they were all dressed in medieval garb. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, I think the portions were fucking huge, gigantic too, and they had like venison and then like a big burger and yeah, yeah, it was pretty crazy. But we had some good DMCs with Monica and Jacoby and Tim and Tara and yeah, just kind of all about our past and our upbringing, and we got to know everybody pretty well. So yeah, it was it was a good night. But uh, we went back to our albergue and we had met a gal from Sweden named Emily. Jason from South Africa 
and a group of Koreans who were karaokeing. Yeah, they were kind of partying and <laughs> yeah. singing along with songs and just having a good time. Yeah, and seriously, the view from this balcony was incredible. You could see for miles and miles. It was kind of surreal to see the horizon and to know that you had just walked all of that and then some. And beyond. Yeah, yeah. it was it was pretty pretty cool. So the next day, uh, this would be day 28 uh, from Fonsabadon, and we went to Ponferrada, which is a 25.1-kilometer stage or 15.6 miles. Yeah. And I woke up with... Uh, I guess it was my turn again with the bed bug on the wall. And I was like, really? Yeah. So squish and blood goes everywhere. And I was like, you little fucker. But I, I wasn't having like a an overrun issue with them. I would just have one every so often, which I guess it could have been worse. But it still yeah. sucks. Yeah. We had a pretty quick breakfast. It was a little chaotic, uh, just unorganized, it felt like. Yeah. So I left at uh, 6.15 and the plan was for us to all get to Cruz de Fierro Cross before sunrise, which is a pretty monumental spot along the Camino. Carl woke up to a bed bug, but I woke up to this gal, Alice. She met a guy and kind of fell in love, so it was like a little Camino romance. Um, but they were on the bunk beds, um, the two top bunks right across from us. And so Jacoby and I were on both the top bunks facing them, and her... Uh, boyfriend was doing some yoga in his bed and he basically was pointing his bum right at us and Kobe <laughs> and I just looked over and we're like what the fuck and looked at each other and just kind of started laughing but not really trying not to laugh basically so that was a funny thing to wake up to yeah I think I left maybe I think just a little bit after I yeah did. I think we all left we all kinda left kind of individually similar within times. the same 10 yeah. 15 minutes or yeah but yeah, so uh, the hike up there, I remember being really pretty once uh, the light kind of started coming because we started hiking in the dark. But yeah, I think this Cruz de Ferro is one of the, I don't want to say it's like completely midway in the Camino because um, we're already, past, we're already past halfway, but it's known to be one of three of the significant points along the Camino. Right. They say that the beginning, you know, the start of the Camino, um, obviously the end of the Camino, but then also this um, Cruz de Ferro, which is this large pile of stones and rocks that pilgrims leave there with a large post atop it with a cross on the very top. So um, this is kind of known to be another significant point along the Camino. Yeah, so basically what, why the pile of rocks is there is um, throughout the years, pilgrims carry a rock from their hometown that's supposed to be or symbolize a burden or a worry or a concern of some sort. And they're supposed to put all of their thought and energy into this rock. And at this point along the way, is this is where you release that burden and you you know, place your rock. Yeah, you let go. And you just let go, yeah. And some people would write, you know. A poem. A poem or, or maybe like what it is that they're thinking of or a person that they're letting yeah. go of. or Anything you know. to, you know, to it could be the whole reason why they're on the way. Yeah, but it was really, it was, I mean, it was kind of powerful seeing all these rocks, but you also kind of build up a certain 
I guess to a certain extent, you kind of have this expectation expectation of when you get to a place that's been talked about and talked about. And to us, it kind of didn't live up to the expectation at that point. It was just different than what we had, you know, expected and, you know, had in our mind of what this was going to be like for the whole time then. Yeah. Yeah, it was right alongside this road. Um, there was like buses that would come up and drop, not pilgrims, but other people have to look at it. And you're like, mm-hmm. whoa. It's almost like they didn't earn the right to be at this special place. Uh, I mean, I get it if, you know, they can't or whatever, but it, it was just different than what we had expected. Yeah. It's just one of those times, I think, where you build something up and it is always going to be different. We learn yeah. that, but. Yeah, there were a lot of flies buzzing around, too. That as well, yeah. That was kind of weird. But the sunset was super pretty. You mean the sunrise? The sunrise. It's still in the morning. (laughs) We didn't stay there all day. (laughs) We thought (laughs) it was terrible, but you know what? No. (laughs) Yeah. We're not leaving until I get my moment. (laughs) Yeah, but it was really cool because Tim and Tara walked up. Tim and Tara. Sorry, I always mispronounce her name. Um, Tim and Tara walked up, and they went up to the top, and it it meant a lot. And even, like, some pilgrims were, like, clapping for them and stuff, which was a pretty magical moment, I think, for them. So that was pretty cool to witness. Yeah. And uh, Tim's rock actually was, ironically, from Lake Shasta, which is one of the two lakes uh, in my hometown in Northern California. So... I thought that was pretty cool. I know that he had uh, lived in the area for quite some time. And just that he said he had a rock that was from this lake. And that's where he put it. And he placed it in the post of the cross. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. But yeah, so we actually said goodbye to them at this point. Because we knew that we were going to stay ahead of them for the majority of the rest of the Camino. Just so. we couldn't hang back with the pace that they were going. So no, this was sure. kind of us saying goodbye at this point. Yeah. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed the first half of that episode. Stay tuned next week for some mountain hopping, blister popping, pants dropping goodness. If you liked what you heard, subscribe to our podcast. If you feel inclined, leave us a comment or review. Tell someone you know who might enjoy to have a listen, and feel free to share on your choice of social media. If you want to know more about us or see any photos of our travels, you can check out our website at trailofbeans.com. We also have a Facebook page where you can follow us on our upcoming adventures and get updates along the way, which can be found by searching at symbol The Bean Trail. We'll be back next week. Same beans. Same pod. 